Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. It's very late at night as I'm recording this. It is 2.31 in the morning, and so this is another episode of Midnight Talks. If you are new to the podcast, you may not know what this is, but from time to time I make these Midnight Talks episodes where I will share certain language learning topics and advice from time to time, but more often than not, I just share different thoughts that are swirling around in my mind. And uh, my nighttime thoughts tend to be the most original and perhaps the most interesting. At least they're the most interesting to me, I think. My nighttime thoughts often are the ones that that shape my decisions the next day. Um, or rather, my nighttime thoughts determine and shape my daytime actions. And so what I want to do today is something a little bit different. I actually want to read uh, a short passage from a book to you, and then I'd like to discuss this short passage. So this passage comes from Beyond Order, 12 More Rules for Life. I'm thoroughly enjoying this book. And the passage I'm going to read to you comes from Rule 4. Now, Rule 4 is the following. Notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. Now let me read. Uh, let me read. Let me read you this uh, this passage. Make yourself invaluable. In my dual role as a clinical psychologist and professor, I have coached many people in the development of their careers. Sometimes those I am coaching consult me because their coworkers, subordinates, or bosses will not do their jobs properly. They're supervised by, working alongside, or managing people who are narcissistic, incompetent, malevolent, or tyrannical. Such things happen and must be dealt with in whatever reasonable manner will bring them to a halt. I do not encourage people to martyr themselves. It is a bad idea to sacrifice yourself uncomplainingly so that somebody else can take the credit. Nonetheless, under such circumstances, if you are a wise and attentive person, you might still notice that your unproductive co-workers are leaving a plethora of valuable tasks undone. You might then ask yourself, what would happen if I took responsibility for doing them? It is a daunting question. What is left undone is often risky, difficult, and necessary. But that also means, does it not, that it is worthwhile and significant. And you may have the eyes to see that there's a problem despite your all too frequent blindness. How do you know that it is not therefore your problem? Why do you notice this issue and not some others? And not some other issues? This is a question worth considering in depth. If you want to become invaluable in any workplace, in any community, just do the useful things that no one else is doing. Arrive earlier and leave later than your compatriots, but do not deny yourself your life. Organize what you can see is dangerously disorganized. Work when you are working, instead of looking like you are working. And finally, learn more about the business or your competitors than you already know. Doing so will make you invaluable, a veritable linchpin. People will notice and begin to appreciate your hard-earned merits. You might object, well, I could not, I'm sorry, well, I just could not manage to take on something that important. Well, what if you began to build yourself into a person who could? 
You could start by trying to solve a small problem, something that is bothering you, that you think you could fix. You could start by confronting a dragon of just the size that you are likely to defeat. A tiny serpent might not have had the time to hoard a lot of gold, but there might still be some treasure to be won, along with a reasonable probability of succeeding in such a quest, and not too much chance of fiery or toothsome death. Under reasonable circumstances, picking up the excess responsibility is an opportunity to become truly invaluable. And then, if you want to negotiate a raise, or more autonomy, or more free time for that matter, you can go to your boss and say, here are 10 things that were crying out to be done, each of them vital, and I am now doing all of them. If you help me out a bit, I will continue. I might even improve, and everything, including your life, will improve along with me. And then, if your boss has any sense, and sometimes bosses do, then your negotiation will be successful. That is how such things work. And do not forget that there is no shortage of genuinely good people who are thrilled if they can give someone useful someone useful a trustworthy I'm sorry, let me re, let me read that line again. And do not forget that if there's do not forget that there is no shortage of genuinely good people who are thrilled if they can give someone useful and trustworthy a hand up. It is one of the truly altruistic pleasures of life, and its depth is not to be underestimated or to be disregarded with cheap cynicism that masks itself as world-weary wisdom. Last paragraph. It appears that the meaning that most effectively sustains life is to be found in the adoption of responsibility. When people look back on what they have accomplished, they think, if they are fortunate, well, I did that and it was valuable. It was not easy, but it was worth it. It is a strange and paradoxical fact that there is a reciprocal relationship between the worth of something and the difficulty of accomplishing it. Imagine the following conversation. Do you want difficulty? Person B might go, No, I want ease. Person A says, In your experience, has doing something easy been worthwhile? Person B says, Well, no, not very often. Person A replies, then perhaps you really want something difficult. I think that is the secret to the reason for being itself. Difficult is necessary. Again, this passage comes from a book, a book which is called Beyond Order, 12 More Rules for Life. I'm enjoying it thoroughly so far. You know, if you've been listening to my podcast uh, recently, you may have noticed that since roughly speaking in April... I have been focused a lot more on my own development, both personally as well as professionally. For example, I'm taking swim lessons, whereas for 25 years I decided, I'm sorry, I had avoided, not decided, I had avoided swimming. I was scared of swimming. I didn't like it. I thought it's uncomfortable. I was nervous of what other people would think to see an adult in the pool trying to learn to swim. I would worry about them judging me and wondering why I didn't learn as a child. As a child, I thought there's alligators and sharks in the swimming pool, so I never went in. And besides, even when I went in the water as a kid, I hated how cold it was and what it felt like, and it was awkward. I didn't know how to swim properly. I couldn't float. It was not fun. It was not easy. So I'm taking swim lessons. You know that I've been meditating a lot more. I've been taking my work a lot more seriously. 
I've been looking at regular day-to-day -day habits that I'm messing up on and trying to fix them. You know, just today I was cleaning the house and I have a irrational dislike for certain parts of bathrooms. It's really weird, but I'm cleaning the bathroom today and I was thinking to myself, ugh, I don't want to go in that part of the tub because there's these things in the corner. I couldn't really describe what they are, but I just don't like what they look like. I don't like the texture. I don't like what they look like. And they freak me out and they disgust me. I've been like that with shower curtains for a long time as well. It takes me a long time to get used to a specific shower curtain. They just, they're really weird. I don't like what they feel like. I don't like what they look like. But today I told my, and I was right on the edge of not finishing cleaning the bathroom because of how gross and weird it looked. And I was like, nope. I'm going to clean the bathroom. Just let's get this done. And other little things like that. And it's it has been very meaningful. And I do feel like a different person. And I do feel more self-confidence overall. I do feel like I can accomplish more. So I suppose the first thing I wanted to say is, the first thing I'd like to say is uh, for me, focusing a lot on my own personal and professional development, because I'm focusing professionally too, not just personally, has been very beneficial for me since, I think it's been roughly speaking, April of this year. So now we're in July, mid-July. So it's April, May, June, you know, three and a half months. And uh, I'd highly recommend that. The second thing I'd like to point out for me, what I've been realizing is knowledge seems to be an unlock to getting things that you don't currently have. At least for me, it has been. I've realized as I've read other authors, read both fiction and nonfiction, thought about things I'd never thought about, taken different courses. I'm taking four different courses right now online, taking courses, learning new, learning new skills, adding new knowledge, getting external input from people that perhaps are not the usual people that I speak with, changing some of my, changing my social circles, being around different people, that different input from different sources that I typically wouldn't have, whether it be in the form of the course or different books or different people I hang out with, so on and so forth, has given me, has helped me learn better ideas to, a better thing, better ideas to implement in my life, both professionally and personally. So I'd highly recommend that. I think for many people, knowledge can be an unlock. Now, of course, you can go too far. I know a lot of people that love just to learn new things, but they don't do anything. And so that's obviously a danger too. And if you're that kind of person, then obviously you've got to go the other way and you've got to start doing something. Stop reading, start doing more. I think my issue was I, I had some knowledge gaps. And so the adding to my knowledge, reading new books, talking to different people, so on and so forth, has been very beneficial for me. Last thing I'll say, and then we can maybe wrap this podcast up. As I said, we may not, probably won't get to anything language learning related, but that's how midnight talks work. I just share what's on my mind. You know, this chapter four that I just started to read, the passage I read to you is about all I've read in chapter four. It's about, what is that? One, roughly two pages of text, roughly. You know, this one is is a big one because I found recently that by taking on extra responsibility in my own life, I found it to be very beneficial. So, for example, right now I'm fully responsible for my sister full-time. 
And you know, it's funny in my life, every time I've taken on, I've taken more on my plate than I thought I could possibly handle. Or sometimes I thought I could handle it, but I would have to figure it out. Every time I've taken more on my plate and I've added extra things, that's more than what I used to have. I've actually ended up with more success in my life than prior to taking on the extra responsibility. Isn't that nuts? So right now, for example, with looking after my sister full time, I'm able to get done about the same amount of work every day, even though I, I basically have cut out, how do I say this? I've cut out three or four hours of work where I used to actually work and I've cut that out to then deal with or be responsible for my sister and make dinner and make dinner, feed her, get her dressed, bathe her, you know, typical, typical things that perhaps a parent would do with a young child, play with her, you know, do her exercises, do work, you know, take her out and go to the mall and blah, blah, blah. Um, even though I've taken out those four hours, roughly speaking, every day, I actually still work about the same amount as I used to. I've just gotten far more productive. And not only do I work more, or I mean work just as much, I've actually found that I'm doing more personally, too. Time is a funny thing. Time is almost, I don't know if it's subjective or what it is, but I've been able to figure out how to do everything I used to do and more by taking on extra responsibility. You know, it's it's by taking on this extra responsibility that I realized how much I scroll through my phone. I never even realized that I scrolled through my phone too much before. I, I probably, I don't know how much time I would have wasted, but I didn't even see that how much time I was wasting on stuff I didn't even want to waste my time on. I think all of us waste our time on certain things we don't even want to waste our time on. And yet we still do it. That's the best, that's the best, those are the best habits to change because you didn't even want to have those habits in the first place, but you have them. They're part of you for some reason. You know, another example was I, I used to work in that school. I worked in a school for a year. Uh, I just wrapped that up recently. And I actually wondered how I'd fit that in because boy, I had some busy days when I was working in that school. And it was an extra responsibility, teaching over 100 kids, range, ranging from grades uh, one to nine, and continuing to run my business, and continuing to teach my private students, and continuing to try to have a life. I was like, how the hell am I going to do that? Like, wow. But I said yes. And I I actually wondered if my business would shrink. I thought maybe my business might shrink, but it's going to be worth the experience to try. And weirdly, my business grew. I was like, what? Like, it's so odd how things work out. So I've, when I got, got into this chapter and I read the chapter heading, notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated and where essentially his punchline is to take on as much responsibility as you're comfortable taking on and trying to push that gradually you know, uh, slowly but surely, I agree with that. I, I've seen personal benefits from from that. You know, I've realized something too recently where I've taken on these extra responsibilities. I've learned a new skill, which I didn't have before. It's a skill of being hyper-productive for a short period of time. So what that means is, think of it like if you're playing a sport. If you're playing, like I used to play soccer. I played soccer for 13 years. 
most of the game, you're probably jogging, but there are points where you sprint really fast, especially because I played wide. I was a wide midfielder, so you really run a lot in that position. So you run, you sprint at certain points in the game, but you don't sprint the whole game. Well, those sprints, you're moving really quickly. And I realized that I don't, I can't sprint through the whole day. That's just, you can't sprint through the day, meaning you can't work at hyper speed throughout the whole day. It doesn't make any sense and it's not sustainable. You know, I, I know some people who do that and I, it, it has awful results for them. Awful results. They're stressed and they don't sleep well. They uh, have health issues. Like it's not good. There's some people I know that way. And uh, they're sprinting through the day. You can see it. They look frazzled. But I realized that, oh, wait a second. I can sprint, quote unquote, in other words, move super fast at a couple of parts of the day. And I've been able to gain so much time back, which is, it's great. And I only learned that by taking on extra responsibility this past, you know, month, essentially. So yeah, there's a lot more I could say. You know, I could talk forever on this topic. There's a, there's a lot that I could share, but it's uh, it's getting late. It's 2.48 a.m., so it's just before 3. So I got to gotta hit the sack or hit the hay, as they say. Have a wonderful rest of your night or morning or day or afternoon, whatever it is for you. And uh, we'll chat soon. Bye-bye.